Hello and welcome to the first ever Denver Gazette Sports Podcast. I'm your host, Chris Schmedeke, and I'm the digital editor at the Denver Gazette. Today, we'll be talking to Broncos beat reporter George Stoya to talk about the Broncos' rather upsetting and baffling loss on Monday night to Seattle. All right. <clears throat> All right, like I said in the intro, we are joined by Broncos beat reporter George Stoya, who was out in Seattle yesterday to watch the rather baffling, confusing Broncos loss to Seattle. George, how you doing? Good. I, uh, I gotten some sleep uh, on the airplane, but uh, I'm still trying to comprehend what exactly happened last night, Chris. All right, well, let's just jump right into uh, – let's just do overall thoughts from the game. Just just as an overall, you know, as a loss, as what happened, and then we'll kind of go into more specifics after that. Yeah, I, I think that the biggest takeaway is obviously it didn't go the Broncos' way, but I, I don't think it's time to hit the panic button, right? I think that this is a team that is still super talented. There were some good things that they did yesterday uh, in terms of moving the ball, and, and I think the defense really played well in the second half. I think – um, you know, the, the Seahawks only had a few first downs there, I think 15 passing yards uh, in the second half. And so, so they really figured out things on their side. And then offensively, you know, if you don't fumble twice on the goal line uh, and you don't have a false start on the goal line um, and, and you, you decide to go for it on fourth and five, uh, maybe you win that football game. So um, I think there's a lot of good things. I, I don't think that – Obviously, everyone's going to harp on the, the decision to kick the 64-yarder uh, instead of letting Russell Wilson having a chance to go for the first down and, and, and get closer range. Um, but there's a lot of other things that they need to clean up. Penalties. Uh, obviously, they had several delay of games, false starts. Uh, defense had a lot of penalties that kept you know drives alive. I think I saw a stat that the Seahawks had 19 first downs. Seven of those came on Broncos penalties. Uh, so... They've, they've got to clean, clean those things, things up. up. But uh, I, I, I understand people are frustrated with the decision at the end, and, and it's confusing to why they did that. But I, I think that there's other things they need to focus on to become better as a football team. You know, and you and I were both on social media as well as our colleague Paul Klee, and you could already see the overreaction from one game. And and as you said, I, I feel the same way watching the game at home. Like, it's just not time to panic. Like, there is so much talent on this team. And it's just, I, I think they're going to be fine. So with that being said, I think we have to talk about Nathaniel Hackett's decision. And not just at the end of the game. Like you said, like there was a lot of, there was the play was getting seen to be getting in late. They had several delay of games. Do you think that's just his first time out there? But yet he talked about how confident he was and he wasn't even nervous. But he seemed a little nervous, at least from watching at home. Yeah, you know, I, I thought he had called some really good plays throughout the game. I mean, when they were moving the ball, some of the play calls, I was like, man, that's a really good play. Um, but I think at the end, maybe it got a little bit too big for him. And I think also, like, you know, talking to the players after the game, the goal was always to get it to where they got the ball to. Uh, and so it wasn't like he was, like, sitting there going, like, trying to figure out what he was going to do. And so he waited for the clock to run down so he didn't use the timeout. He knew once they got it to the 46 on the left hash, Brandon McManus said he was ready to kick that field goal. And so he went with it. And I think that that's something that obviously as a rookie head coach, he's like, okay, well, we, we have a plan. Let's stick to it. But what he needs to realize probably in the back of his head is say, hey, I've got Russell Wilson. Uh, and this ball, this team's been moving the ball really well in the second half. Let's trust him to get us a few more yards. Because uh, one thing that you learn in football and not just the NFL is 
can't, you can't always, always trust, trust kickers, and that's, and that's not, not a knock, knock on, on Brandon McManus. The reality is, since 2000, you know, kickers have only made two of 29 field goals from 64 yards or plus. So the, the percentages of making that field goal were very low, especially at Lumen Field. I believe it's something like 0 and 8 uh, at that field at 64 yard plus. So I think that that's, those are the things that he needs to realize. Uh, and I don't think he'll make that mistake again, right? I think that he knows now, let's let Russell Wilson do his thing and, and, and see what he can do and, and, and maybe make a play to keep the, to keep the game going. So. Um, I, I think that he had some mistakes here and there throughout the game, but uh, I, I think he'll learn from them and he'll move on. And it was interesting to hear him kind of talk about it afterwards. You know, he said that they weren't having a lot of chunk plays. They had a sack on that drive, which he was really referring to. I think it was like a five-yard loss on a screen play to Javante. But that was his reasoning for it. And, and I just was a little confused because they were moving the ball well. Like, I, I didn't make a whole lot of sense to me that they weren't having chunk plays because they were at times. And uh, – Jerry, Jerry Judy was, was playing, playing well. well. Corlin Sutton was, was playing well. well. Uh, they, they, they were they were moving. Were Russell Wilson. Wilson. I mean, he was just. I, I just. It was confusing. So, um, I, look, it, is it was it a bad decision? In my opinion, yes. Uh, is it going to cost them at the end of the season? I don't think so. Uh, I think he'll learn from this, and that's that's part of this first year, right? Look, everybody wants to make the Broncos Super Bowl contenders. They're just, They're just not, not there yet. yet. They've, they've got, got a new quarterback, quarterback and they've got, got a rookie, rookie head coach, coach and they've got, got a lot of kinks to work out this season. This yeah. season. So yeah. I, I think that's, that's what we're going to see moving forward. forward. You know, with that being said, I don't know if you saw the – I'm sure you saw the clip of the Manning cast and Peyton kind of yelling and screaming and wanting to take the time out. Um, did you think at any point that Russ would just have that authority to say, hey, coach, let's just take a time out and try? Or is it just like I want to respect my new head coach? I think that they had a plan – going into that final drive and the plan was again 46 yard line left hash i mean you even if you rewatch the play javante makes a clear yeah javante makes a clear effort to get to the 46 on the left hash and so i think even in russell's head he's like okay we got to that marker that's it now i think in hindsight they both all thought wait a second we probably should have taken a time out there at the you know i think it was like 50 seconds they let 30 seconds run off the clock all the way down to the 22nd mark. Yeah. And I'm sitting in the press box like, why are they not calling a timeout? Time like, what did they do? They had three of them. You know, it wasn't like they were they were low on timeouts. So, uh, and then, you know, my question post game actually to the Hackett was, you know, McManus trotted out there and he kicked it. Seattle called a timeout and he missed it. And it wasn't even close. Yeah. And uh, I was like, well, did that make you rethink? Like, oh, let's actually go for it. And he said, no, we stuck with it. So. Um, I, I think Russell does have the authority there. Like if Russell went to the sideline and said, hey, let's go for it. Uh, let's call timeout and let's go for it. I think Hackett would have done that. I don't think Russell did that. I think Russell in his head said, yeah, let's get to the 46. And we got it there and let's go. And uh, I think that's what happened. Yeah. You know, it, it just seemed like everything seemed to be a little out of sync, but not too much out of sync because the offense, like you said, still moved the ball up and down the field. And – as we're, I'm going to talk about now, is the goal line blunders. I mean, that, that game could have been 27-13 going into the – I mean, maybe early in the fourth quarter if I remember right. But, you know, both running backs fumbled. You know, there's always this talk on social media, Javante, Melvin, Javante. I mean, if anyone watched the Packers last year, we know that Hackett loves to split time. So I don't know why anyone's worrying about who's number one. But, 
you know, what, what What did you think about those goal line blunders? Is that just some bad luck? Was that sloppy play? I mean, I think Gordon was trying to reach the ball out. And then the Javante one, Clem Glasgow was in his lap. So I don't know. I don't know exactly what happened there. Yeah, so the Melvin one, obviously, you know, he's trying to make a play and that happens. I still think Jav- Right, and he was close. I thought he scored. I did too. I thought, he, I thought he had scored on the previous play. Uh, but I thought Javante probably should have been in on that play. Um, and, and so that was maybe the mistake. I, I, my takeaway was that I think Javante's the better running back and he, need, he just needs more carries. Um, when he gets the ball, he's, he's always, almost always getting, you know, forward yardage and, and, and moving. So I think he needs to get the ball more. On Javante's, you know, we, we talked, talked to the guys, guys after the game, and, and Lloyd Cushenberry and, and Graham Glasgow said the play call was originally a pass, and uh, Russell, Russell checked the play at the line and changed it to a run, but only half the line heard the check because it was so loud. Yeah. And so that's why Glasgow uh, was in pass protection and ended up obviously costing them and, and Javante fumbled. So, again, Javante can't fumble in that situation, but it's also on – somewhat the crowd and not, not being able, able to hear. hear. And, and I think I that even goes hand in hand, hand with some of the penalties that they had. It was, it was so loud in there that the delay of games, it was hard to get the plays in in the huddle. It was hard to hear the checks to see if they were changing the snap count and even the false start there, you know, for Cortland Sutton on the goal line. So I do think, you know, we always say the crowd doesn't really play advantage. There's no such thing as home advantage, home advantage, at least according to the Atlanta, analytical experts yeah but uh it definitely had a factor last night like i mean maybe not on like russell wilson and the booing and all that but in terms of getting the play calls in it played a massive factor and i think that that led to at least one of the fumbles and and again you hold on to the ball there uh maybe it's a different game and even if even if you know let's say melvin jordan melvin gordon is short right uh, all of a sudden, the, the Seahawks are on the half-yard line. Yeah. And maybe you get a safety, or maybe you, you get a blocked punt, or a return punt, or whatever it is. Uh, instead, they have the ball. I think they ended up returning it, you know, 15 yards, whatever it was. And the other one, you know, started out on the 20. So I think that it's all those things that add up and, and, and cost you a game. So, um, you know, look, I, I, I think you still have to trust Melvin and still have to trust Javante, but... Uh, it's definitely disappointing to see in the first game. And I don't know. A lot of people say that's because they didn't play in the preseason. I don't buy that. You know, Melvin's had, had Melvin. Melvin's had, you know, fumble problems throughout his career. So uh, I, I don't think that that's why it is the preseason. He's played a lot of football. Javante has played a lot of football in his career, you know, in his young career. So I, I don't buy that just right now. So you you said about you know you don't think the crowd and everything affected Russ. He you know he Russ has been there before. We all know that. But a lot of these guys haven't really been in this primetime situation. Do you think a little bit of it is little you know moments a little bit too big for some of these guys? Definitely. I mean, you look at Jerry Judy on the final drive. I think he had that that drop. Uh, you know, he, I think he's a great player. I think he's gonna have a good year. He showed a lot of really good things yesterday. Um, but in that moment, right, that big moment, he drops a wide-open pass. Uh, he could have turned that upfield, probably. I mean, he was exactly. Open. Yeah, and so I, I think that it, it was a little bit too big for some of the guys, especially the younger guys. I don't think for guys like, you know, Justin Simmons, Kareem Jackson, um, guys that have been around. I mean, I think you definitely saw it on defense, right? Randy Gregory stepped up. Randy Bradley Chubb looked like the old Bradley Chubb. Uh, uh, Pat Sertan looks like, like a, a, a 10-year, 10-year veteran. I was going to say, that guy might as well be a 10-year veteran already. He's right. unbelievable. 
And, and so I, I do think, though, on offense, though, maybe it was. You know, Javante Williams, the fumble. Um, you know, Jerry Judy, the drop. I, I do think, you know, we didn't see K.J. Hamler a whole lot. Um, you know, I think some of the offensive linemen struggled at times. Uh, and they need to get that right tackle spot back. Um, so I, I do think that it was a little bit too big for some of them. But but at the end of the day, they were there to win the game, and, and yeah. they had it, they had it in their hands to win the game. So um, they did step up when they needed them to. And, and again, I, it's gonna be interesting how they respond, right? Because they play a, a, what I think is probably a bad Texans team this week at home. They they need to that somehow tied the Colts. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, well, but also gave up, you know, I think like a 17-point lead, right, in the second half there. So this is a team that they need to go beat, and I'm interested to see are they going to come out angry and, and, and respond, or are they going to be like, oh, man, here's the same old Broncos again, uh, you know, losing a disappointing game that they should have won. I don't think that's going to happen. I think watching that game last night, my takeaway is, man, Russell Wilson is really good. If they can ever figure it out in the red zone, uh, they're going to score a lot of points because, like you said, they probably, they probably should have had 27, 30, 30 points last night, night that they, they left, left on the board. board. So uh, I, it's going to be – I think it's going to be fine, uh, but, but it is going to be interesting. Let's say they go 9-8 nine nine eight this season. season. They missed the playoffs by one game. game. We're definitely going to circle this one as, as one that they missed. And uh, you were talking about Russ there. How, how do you think – you think he's happy this is over with? You talked to him post game. You know, he seemed fine during the game. Like, I know he had a couple drop picks. There was that one in the end zone. That seemed a little weird. That Diggs just went right through his hands. But um, you think he, I'm sure he had a little bit of nerves. But did he show it at all? And was he happy? Do you think he was happy it was over? Yeah, yeah I, don't I don't think, think he showed, showed too much nerves. I mean, I think early, obviously, I think just the offense as a whole struggled. Yeah. Um, and then they kind of found a groove and, and really moved the ball. Um, but I think he was he was pretty stoic. Uh, you know, I think he 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 handled it well. And and I think you have a point though that like. If, if that, that game, game was later in the season, season it would I'd be in the back, back of our heads, heads right? Like, like, oh, just wait till they go to Seattle. It's yeah. going to be a crazy atmosphere. I ain't getting it out of the way early. Even even the, the mistake of, of kicking the field goal, I think for, for Hackett to get that out of the way, uh, I think is important. Now, the fans are going to be breathing down his neck all season about it, but I do think to get that, that mistake out of the way is a big deal. And then I think for Russell to get that emotional aspect even if he doesn't want to admit it it was totally emotional right i mean he's out there praying at the you know, mid that the logo before the game and he's hugging all of his former teammates and he's talking to his coaches and i think that it was really important to get that away especially even to you mentioned the young players earlier he was emotional for them they wanted to win that game for russell so i think that it was really important to get it away early in the season and and sure it was a heartbreaking loss but i think now they can move on and say okay Let's focus on ourselves. We're past the whole Russell Wilson storyline. Let's just go win football games. Yeah. So let's uh, switch sides of the ball here and talk a little bit about the defense. You mentioned some of the guys really stepped up. Chubb, uh, Randy Gregory, Sertan was just great on Metcalf. But it almost seemed like Taylor two halves a little bit with them. Do you think that was just early season nerves? or I mean, what is the real Broncos defense? Because if it's the one in the second half, like this team could be really good. Yeah, I think it's going to be somewhere in the middle, right? Like, I think the second half defense just found some things that led to some success. Uh, but, you know, for the Seahawks, I think they came out with a really good game plan. Um, they made some easy throws for Geno, and, and Geno played great, right, that first half. I mean, he played really well. Uh, and they were able to run the ball. And I don't think teams are going to be able to run as well when Josie Jewell gets in there. Obviously, I think that that – 
also played a factor in some of the communication issues. So he's the guy that's typically calling the defense for the Broncos. Last night it was Alex Singleton. Uh, and, and Josie would be the guy in there on the dime package and, and covering the tight end that, that got, you know, beat on a couple plays and, and scored a couple touchdowns. So I, I think that that will help them a bit. Uh, but, but they, they do have, have some issues that they're going to have to work out. But when that pass rush is going and, and Bradley Chubb and Randy Gregory are playing the way they did, even Barrett Browning, you know, there in the second half, I, I think that they're going to be really solid up front. Uh, so I think that it's going to be somewhere in between, and, and I still expect them to be pretty good. I mean, I saw somewhere, I think that they're, they're, they finished top five this week uh, in defensive efficiency, So and so did the offense. So they were the only team in the league to finish top five in offensive and defensive efficiency and lost. Right. So uh, I think that there's a lot of good things to take away. I, I think Pat Sutan looks great. I thought Ronald Darby played pretty good. He had a couple penalties that obviously were costly. The Jonathan, Jonathan Cooper, Cooper penalty, penalty, you just can't have happen. I, I, don't I don't like the penalty. penalty. Uh, I, don't I don't like that, that it was called, yeah. but he's got to know better in that, that place. Uh, the uh, Randy Gregory penalty was kind of, you know, weak in my opinion, the illegal contact or whatever it was. That's going to happen here and there. You know, I think Kareem Jackson got an unnecessary roughness. Like, those are the things, if you're the defense, like, you played well enough to win the game. But you can't give up seven first downs on penalties, right? And even if you disagree with some of the penalties, and Randy Gregory talked about that after the game, is he goes, you know, I don't agree with a lot of the penalties we got called, but we got to know better that they're going to call those early in the season, especially to set the tone for the rest of the season. So, you know, I think those are the things that the defense needs to learn from is, is just get rid of some of those penalties. Yeah, they're going to have some coverage breakdowns here and there. Uh, and especially when Josie Jewell's not in the game, you know, teams are going to be able to run the ball here and there. Uh, but uh, if you can clean up the penalties, you're probably going to be a top 10 defensive unit this season. Right, right. All right, so we'll go ahead and wrap it up. Um, uh, just kind of any final thoughts on Monday, and then what are you looking forward to with the Texans coming to town in five days already? Yeah, I, I think it's one of those things that the Broncos just need to move on. Uh, it's, and I know that's tough, and, and everybody's giving them hell on social media and all the memes that are out there and the let's ride and, and all of that. and, and you know, you the know, Gino, Gino chance and, and all that. But the Broncos need to move on and, and realize that there is 16 games left, right? There's a lot of football left to be played. Uh, the division games are going to be massive. It's no matter how many games you, you win or lose outside your division, the division games are always what, what matters. And, and those are coming up here in a few weeks with the Raiders, uh, I think, in October. So, And then you turn around and play the Chargers on Monday night. So that's what that needs to be their focus is, is, hey, let's go put together a full performance on Sunday against the Texans, which they honestly should be able to. Uh, that's going to be a sold-out crowd, uh, right? People are excited, I think, about Russell Wilson despite what happened on Monday night. Uh, and so that's what they need to do, and I think Nathaniel Hackett needs to put it behind him, even though everything you listen to this week, everything you read this week is going to be about that decision. Um, I think they all just need to put it behind him. Don't let the snowball, because previous Broncos teams – would let this snowball and let this affect them throughout the year or, or for a couple weeks and 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 that you know obviously affects the result of their next few games so they need to put this behind them they need to go win against the texans and then they play an interesting 49ers team that i think they should also beat and then they go to las vegas to start the division game so uh, these next three weeks are, are going to be crucial in terms of getting back on track and, and let's say they go win three straight Nobody's going to – well, I mean, maybe nobody's going to not remember Seattle, but all of a sudden it's in the back of your head instead instead of at the forefront. Right, right. All right, George, thanks for thanks for doing this. It was good to talk Broncos with you, and uh, hopefully we can do it after every game. 
Yeah, yeah thanks, thanks for having me, Chris. All right, thanks, George. We'll talk to you later. Thank you for listening to the Denver Gazette podcast. Make sure to visit denvergazette.com for all your local news on Broncos, Rockies, Avalanche, Nuggets, and much, much more. We'll talk to you next time.